Again, everyone, what a special morning. I, I was in the back watching all these families and my prayer was really simple and specific. Lord, may we never be a quiet church. Like, God, just give us noise, uh, give us crying, give us dirty diapers, give us all the mess, because frankly, it's the signs of life, isn't it? And so we just rejoice in what God is doing. And we rejoice in what God is doing, not just on Sundays, but all the time and all over the city. Uh, we asked you to pray last week. We asked you to fast, to stay away from a meal on Wednesday because there were 40 plus churches, 1,000 plus students meeting on Wednesday night. And I, my wife and I were there, were blown away. Um, if you missed it, you missed it. You can't explain it. You just missed it because the spirit of Jesus is alive and well in young people all over the city. And it was quite obvious. Yes, we ought to thank God. I mean, it was super obvious in, um, in the demeanor at the end. 30 minutes after the meeting officially ends, the, the young people just bum rush the stage, literally, in worship. And it just kept going and going, and I'm sort of cr crying, laughing at the back as I'm watching the band disappear. Because the band, you, can't, you hear them, you can't see them. Because there are hundreds of students lifting their hands in worship and praise. It, it was so beautiful. I just wish we would see it more and more and more. Because God's alive. And I'm lit up. So watch out. All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, Savannah, uh, I love you. And she's, I, I have two blonde daughters. We have a son and a, and a daughter that are biologically ours. But I feel like God's given us a couple other daughters in Jim and Jamie's kids because we've just been so close. Uh, literally, uh, Savannah gave, uh, well, Jamie gave birth to the church in Savannah in that she was born the weekend we launched almost 11 years ago. And so we visited uh, Jim and Jamie in the hospital, held little Savannah, and like, oh, let's go do church, you know, and, and launch something that has is, is been such a blessing, and it's been so fun to watch. It's been fun to watch. Uh, we've known Jim and Jamie for 20 plus years, and Jim first served with me. I, I travel around and share the gospel, and we went to Gulu, Uganda, a not safe place at the time, and Jim's just shredding on the guitar, and who would have thought that we'd be doing church uh, together. And then when we were about to launch, they were some of the first people, we took a year of prayer and thought around launching a church. And Jim and Jamie were one of the first couples that we talked to about what God was about to do. And they moved back up. They were living in Southern Oregon, moved back up right around the corner from us. And we were able to pray and talk and dream together. Now, uh, Jim and Jamie are our community group leaders. So I got to listen to whatever Jim says. And um, they're just a gift. Jamie was helping lead. Those of you who don't know the connection, she's our kids' uh, director, and she's just such a blessing to every family because she not only loves your kids as, as her own, but she pours into the adults who are caring for your kids right now. And God's given them uh, Jada, who is our uh, bestie to my daughter, Allie, and is our daughter, except they pay the bills. We just get all the blessings. 
And, uh, and Cam is like a son. He was small. Now he towers over everyone and is an athlete. And uh, Jim serves and plays guitar. And Jamie serves. And Jada's here early serving. And Cam serves on the tech team. And Savvy has no choice uh, but to serve. And what I love about the Haley family is they hate what's going on right now. They hate this. They're cringing. I'm, I'm going to be banned from community group but I know how to get in their house, so it doesn't make a difference. You can't, you can run, but you just can't hide. Um, what I love is that you can look to people to find what you see in the Bible. The Bible is the word of God, but it's not an abstract book. The Bible has and is the very words of the creator to us but they have been enfleshed in the lives of people. So when you look at the Bible, you don't just see random truths or sayings that you ought to think about. No, what you see is God interacting with real people. And as I see God interacting with real people in the past, I ought to be spurred to interact with the same creator, loving father in my life. And what I love about Jim and Jamie and the Haley's, and the reason I talk about their family is in our self-absorbed world where everyone's looking for more followers, more likes, more social influence, you can find people who have just found the better way. And the better way is to love without anyone watching and to care for people as Jesus would care for them. And we have found this better way, which is why we're in the series on the Holy Spirit. Hopefully by now this phrase is embedded in your soul. The Holy Spirit enables us to become more like Jesus. In the end, what is God's will for your life? That you would become more like Jesus. What's God's desire for your life year by year? That you would look, act, speak, Treat people more like Jesus, which is why we get in the Bible the fruit, singular, with lots of dimensions. The evidence that God is living and working in you can be seen in a variety of ways. All of them matter. And they're in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. We'll remind you by reading it now. But the fruit, singular, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. So we've looked at a lot of these already today. We want to focus on faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Not in the Webster's Dictionary, but according to the Bible, this is what faithfulness is. It's reliability. It's fidelity. It's commitment. You could translate this verse with interchanging all of those. For the, but the fruit of the Spirit is reliability. But the fruit of the Spirit is fidelity. But the fruit of the Spirit is commitment. I love that there's an author, Eugene Peterson, who wrote a classic book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. That's faithfulness. That's discipleship to Jesus. It looks like love, it looks like joy, it looks like peace, but sometimes we forget that the call and the reason God's given us the Holy Spirit is that we can follow Jesus, hear his words, be transformed by his work in our life for the long haul. Look, it's not a quick fix. People who approach Jesus as a quick fix also get mad when the microwave is slow. 
Get mad that the drive-through is running slow. The drive-through where you don't have to get out of your car, where you pay by app in advance, that there are three cars that are going slow. Why can't they move them along? And we forget that the call of Jesus, by the way, I'm the one who's yelling. I'm the one who say, come on, hurry up. The call of God is that you can and you will live faithful. Now, why can we live faithful? Because remember, faithfulness isn't about us. It is about the evidence that God is at work in us. It's the fruit of what God wants to produce inside of you. So if this is your natural bent, you're the slow and steady person that doesn't need praise, that doesn't need accolades, just give me the job, give me the task, give me the timeline, I will get it done. God bless you. And you may not need God to spur you too much because he's already embedded in your DNA faithfulness. But for the rest of us who want it now, who want it fast, who want it quick, who are results-oriented, we need to hear the evidence of God in your life is that you live faithful as he is faithful. So where do we see faithfulness in, in God, in the Bible when we look at all of the fruit of the Spirit, first you need to look at what God is like because he's producing his likeness in you. So you start not with yourself, you start with God. And then you begin to see this lived out in, in godly people. In Scripture, you see that it's marked in people's lives who walk with God, and then we can look at our own lives. Let's look at the faithfulness of God. I want to look at one place rather than hopping all around and it's Psalm 33. If you have your Bible, look at Psalm 33. The, um, Psalms are the songbook of the Bible. And it's where we go to see large sections of the Bible put into lyrics. Because, you know, if you, what makes a great song is the story it tells, isn't it? It's the story. And so the Psalms, often God has given us lyrics to summarize what he's like. Psalm 33, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For, and here's the reason, the word of the Lord is right, and it's true, notice, he is faithful in all that he does. Why sing? Why worship? Why follow God? Why pursue him? Why make the pursuit of God the greatest pursuit of your life? Greater than riches, greater than relationships, greater than retirement, greater than it. Why put God first? It's because, verse four, the word of the Lord is right and true. Whatever God says is right because he is right and he is faithful in all that he does. Now, what does his faithfulness look like? Well, I'll just keep reading in the Psalm. Verse five, the Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love by the word of the Lord. The heavens were made their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He, God, gathers the waters of the sea into jars. It's a beautiful metaphor. He makes an ocean. He makes a lake. He forms the water. He puts the deep into store houses. It's called Crater Lake. <laughs> Let all the earth reverence, bow, literally bow before 
the Lord. Let all the peoples of the world do what? Revere him, respect him. Why? For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded, it stood firm. And because he's the creator, notice how it transitions. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. The Lord thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of God's heart through all generations. God is faithful in what he's made. He's the creator. He's the sustainer. He takes water and shifts it and puts it in places. He raises out of the water, dry land, all the vegetation, all the animal life. Everything we see is an overflow of what God has said. And so, okay, God is faithful to keep the thing going, but notice he's not just faithful in what he made, He's faithful in the way he is shaping the world and its future. Verse 10, the Lord foils the plans of the nations and he thwarts the purposes of the peoples. What we forget, and when we read this, we just glance by it, is his code. The psalmist is reminding the people, look at your own history. Where did God Give righteousness and justice. Where did God do what was right and do what was just? And where did he stop the plans of human people who are bent against him and like a water course, shift the leadership and bring freedom to his people? And if you know the Bible, the greatest act before Jesus was the Exodus. God saw that his people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their line They grew and God brought them to this land called Egypt, but other people who were evil took over. And generation after generation, it shifted from loving these people to enslaving these people. And for 400 years, God's people were literally living as slaves. And these are God's people. And Pharaoh, who was the symbol of this evil empire, would not free God's people, but God thwarted the plans of the nations. And with his mighty hand, he brought these people up out of Egypt. And he had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that there was a place of blessing and there was a place of fruitfulness and there was a place of life. And that these people, God's people, would worship God in this land and show the world how good God is. And so the reminder here is to the people who are singing the psalm, Don't forget the faithfulness of God that has been written. This this psalm is written way after it happened, but God's people, aka you and me, we forget, don't we? Ever felt like, God, where, where were you when this happened? God, why didn't you? And when you look at world events right now, you have to look at Ukraine and say, God, what in the world are you up to? A year of bloodshed and misery. And that's just one place on the planet. There's injustice everywhere. But if we God's people forget the faithfulness of God and he is about righteousness and justice, then then we will miss the whole plot of the Bible. Verse 12, let's just keep reading. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches on all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. Some people need to be reminded of that. 
No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse or a tank or a smart bomb is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who know him, fear him, bow before him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love to keep, uh, deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. God, may your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we pour out our hope towards you. Here's the pattern again and again and again. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. What's the right response for God's people in light of God's faithfulness? It's not to put our hope in ourselves. It's not to put our hope in our strength. It's not to put our hope in our elected leaders, in our structures, in all of our plans, in our 401ks, in our savings accounts, in our relationships that are human. It's not to put our hope in anything other than him. God is faithful. He makes, he creates, he sustains. God has been faithful to his people. He did deliver these people out of Egypt, 40 years in the desert, into the land of promise. And the greater promise was not a physical land. All of that was a lead up to his faithfulness to send his son, the Messiah, Jesus. And because God is faithful in sending his son, now Jesus, the son, can call his disciples, his learners, his apprentices, us, to be filled with his presence so that we can embody what it means to be faithful, which is why Jesus, when speaking his disciples, gives a really high call to those who will follow him. Let me just read it. Jesus' words, Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Well, the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to, notice this, what they have done. I want you to catch the progression. Jesus is faithful. Jesus keeps his father's words. Jesus does his father's work in the world. And when Jesus is about to go to the cross and pay for our sin debt in full, when he's going to give his life as a ransom for many, he knows that this message will go out to other people through his followers. And you know what he says to his followers? I am faithful. Now, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be my learner, if you want to be my representative, you must, at some points in your life, you must deny yourself. That is, you're going to be tempted to live for you. You're going to be tempted to do what you want to do. But we have been given the better way, God's way. And now you and I can deny when what I want is in conflict with what God desires. You're like, I don't know what God desires. Can I suggest to you this book? This is what God desires. That we would know his words and that we would live in the model of his way, which has been given to us for all time.
time and eternity. So it's not subjective. It's not filled with opinion. God has made his word known and he's inviting us disciples to hear his words where we're in line with him. We run with it because that's what faithfulness is. But where our desires meet God's desires, we pick up our cross and we say no to our desires in the power of the Holy Spirit. We say no to what we want if it's in conflict with what God desires because we have found the better way and we follow him. This is, in essence, what faithfulness is about, which is why even Jesus, at the end of his life, we're moving towards Easter, we're moving towards Holy Week. And when we think about Jesus in the garden right before going to the cross, is conflicted with the reality. He's a real human just like us and he's read the prophecies and he knows exactly what's going to happen to his body. And Jesus, even before he goes to the cross, he goes to the cross. Well, what's the cross before the cross? He crucifies his desires and he says to the Father, look, if there's any way for this cup of suffering to pass from me, I would love it, but not what I would desire. I want what you desire, Father. And so before he's nailed to the cross, he crucifies those desires and he walks with the Father's desires, which would be that he would rescue you and me. And it was gonna cost him everything, but the cost would lead to reward. And sometimes when we think of faithfulness, unfortunately, we immediately think of the dark side of it, and there is a dark side. Faithfulness sometimes means sacrifice, and that's not a popular word. As a matter of fact, most of our society is grooming us to only go for things filled with pleasure, which the thought of having a family is pleasurable, and most parents, before they were on the stage, didn't realize how painful it would be. Now, the joy is there. I, I would agree 100%. We're a parent to two, and, and I'm grateful to God, but boy, there is a cross to parenting, isn't there? And there is a call to sacrifice sleep for the changing of a diaper or the feeding again or the mine, 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 no, no, no. Um, and, and yet we are called to live as parents, or not even as parents, as humans, as Jesus followers, to be faithful. And I've seen this in my life. And I, uh, when I think about the Bible and Psalm 33 and this call to, to put your allegiance to God, not put your hope in, in humans who cannot save, I, I'm a follower of Jesus because the Holy Spirit was at work in my life, but because I saw it in my mom and dad. And not only did I see them who were new to following Jesus when we were born, it wasn't until I was about three, maybe four, that they seriously heard the good news and really became followers of Jesus. And it was in my growing years that my parents were growing in their faith as well. So it was like new to our whole family. And then my teenage years hit. My dad was an elder at our church and a leader and growing. He was an accountant by trade, but went to Bible school at night because he wanted to know the word of God. And he wanted to teach the word of God. And he was a volunteer elder in our church and he was working for a really good company and they downsized. It was in the mid 80s and a lot of corporations where we lived in New York were downsizing middle management, aka firing them. And he had a good severance package and put out his resume, but hundreds of thousands literally in New York were, were putting out resumes to try to find work. And my dad found the work that he could and did what he could, but for three to four years, he was underemployed or unemployed. And I watched how quickly life 
can turn from a couple of cars and a house and plenty to nothing. There were times where we had nothing to eat. And when I say nothing to eat, I mean it. And you know what? Out of nowhere, there'd be the ringing of the doorbell, someone would go to the front door, and there is no person to be found, and bags of groceries streaming out. This is like pre-social media and ring where you know everyone's at your front door. And this is, this is literally, there was a time where my dad had, I kid you not, 10 cents in his pocket. And the bank account was just about empty. And we um, passed the plate at church. We say we, I was a kid, I didn't do anything. But um, they passed the plate for the offering and he felt the Lord spurring him, give the 10 cents. And my dad was like, okay, what is that going to give me anyway? I've got nothing. I haven't thought about this story in years. Literally, hang out in the lobby of church. Multiple people walked up to him and said, this is going to seem so weird. But when we were in the gathering, God put you and your family on my heart and put a number in my head and here and gave him money. Having no idea that he'd given 10 cents. So you can talk about the faithfulness of God. Friend, I've seen it. Nothing. And God provided every single day of our life. And what's more important, I watched my mom and dad never give up on Jesus. Some people say, well, you know, when things are well, Jesus sounds great. But what about when times are tough? And my mom and dad are still following Jesus today, still loving Jesus today, still holding hands like a cute old couple today, still walking with God, still preaching good news, still seeing the evidence of the faithfulness of God. And so what I want to suggest to you as people who are growing in age and growing in the faith, your walk with Jesus matters. Hear me. Because not only does God want to reward Whoever loses their life, whoever gives up their desires for God's desires and follows Jesus, there will be reward. The whole thing is not just about sucking up to endure. It's about the reward. They'll find those who lose their life for me and my name. Jesus says, you will find the life that's really life. And there is nothing greater than going through the ups and downs with Jesus going through difficulty with Jesus, going through heartache with Jesus, going through the unknowns with Jesus and coming out the other side saying, man, God, you are smarter than me. And I am not faithful all the time. I am sometimes, but you are trustworthy. And when you live in the faithfulness of God and allow his faithfulness to become part of your life, the people after you will hunger and thirst for God. You know what kills young people wanting to follow Jesus? Hypocrisy. Pettiness. 
but you and I can live faithful to Jesus. Now, there's these beautiful words. And if someone were kind enough to find a tissue in the abundance of their soul, that would be just lovely and bring it up and I'll give you five, five bucks afterwards. All right, come get your five bucks afterwards. Actually, I don't have the cash off to Venmo you. <laughs> Remember when we used to carry cash? Now it's like, I need to have an emergency 20 in my wallet in case all my cards die. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is beautiful word. And thank you, Tracy, for the faithfulness of your um, napkin. Uh, Paul gives a word to a church that he loves, uh, this church in Corinth. And look at what he says. I want us to read it real quickly and we'll respond in worship. He says to the church, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in Jesus, you've been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you don't lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. This next line is what I wanted to focus on. He will also keep you firm, how long? To the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here's what I can say about you after 11 years of doing this together. I don't know all of you, and so if this doesn't apply to you, then just let it run off, but it applies to so many of you. Look, we love you. The elder team of this church absolutely loves you, and the amazing staff that God's brought together loves you deeply because we see the evidence of Jesus living in you, and faithfulness as a general rule, exudes and is growing in this place. And I want to remind you, like Paul reminds the church, you and I, we don't lack any spiritual enablement as we wait for Jesus to return and he is coming back. But as long as he's given us breath and as long as he's brought us together and as long as we have work to do, our call is to be filled with the spirit so we can do the work that he has called us to do. So the question is, will we be faithful if God is faithful and he's given us himself, he's given us Jesus, and because Jesus has risen from the grave, he's now empowered us by the Holy Spirit, will we now take all the things that God has given us, his own new life that comes through following Jesus Christ, the filling of the Spirit, the Word of God, the enablements that he's given each and every one of us uniquely in every way, will we take it and sit on it or will we do something with it? So the call for us is now, to, to remind ourselves that we have received, we've been given grace on grace. Now let's do something with it. And the reason we can give this charge, like Paul gives the charge to the church, I give the charge to you, it is because he is faithful and he will keep you firm to the end. I've seen it in my own life. Look, I'm, um, gosh, man, I'm old. I'm like 43 years in this Jesus following thing. Now, there are a lot of things I don't know and I don't understand because you know what? I've studied a lot. I'm just not God. Can't answer every question. Some things are still a mystery to me. But one thing I know rock solid, God's faithful. And I'm not just seeing it in the Bible in some people whose names I can't always pronounce. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in my church. I've seen it in this world. And because God is bedrock faithful, you can too. So here's the word. Don't be discouraged if you've been in a season of slack. 
Some of us, because the last three years of wishy-washiness in the world, we've become wishy-washy. Can we just call it out? We become lazy in areas. We become negligent in areas. And if that's the season and the situation you find yourself in, there's grace and mercy for you to get up and get in the game again. He's not done with you, but he wants you to move from stagnant to fruitful. And so get up, so to speak, and take today and make the most of it and fully follow Jesus. Because what God's desire is for you is to fully follow Jesus. And so he's given us the Holy Spirit. And on a practical note, we want to remind ourselves as we're getting close, Easter is our 11th birthday as a church. Uh, I can never figure out if it's birthday or anniversary. I just call it birthday because you can blow out a candle. But, um, but, but I want to call out faithfulness in the room because we've seen it. So if I, if I call out your name, I'm going to simply invite you to stand not to put you on display, but sometimes I think it's helpful when we see that there have been people who have been faithful for the whole time that we've been as a church. Now, I went through this list and I'm gonna miss some people, so I'm just gonna ask for forgiveness in advance. I'm not gonna remember everyone, but I went through and looked at who are some people who've been faithful for the whole 11 years in, in serving since the beginning of our church. And I wrote down some names. I wanna invite you to stand and we wanna thank God and we wanna thank you. Some of them are here. Some of them are, are watching online. Um, my wife, Carmen, she loves to be the center of attention. Um, and uh, no, yeah, you know, no, don't. <laughs> no, keep clapping, you were too short. No, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Don't. But, but faithful to put up with all of the stuff that is church. Faithful. Uh, Steve and Vicki Marshman, I know they're not here. Uh, they're on a family, they're on their 40-year wedding anniversary and their whole family celebrating together, but they have been faithful. Uh, John and Karen Ogle, I think I saw Karen. Yeah, and, and John is? Faithful somewhere else. He's flying, he's flying back. Tony and Beth Vitasich. Uh, John is one of our elders, and John and Karen have been faithful since the beginning. Tony's one of our elders, and Tony and Beth have been faithful since the beginning. Scott and Erlina Ballard, um, I think they're here. No, they're not. They're celebrating a birthday. They're celebrating uh, something. Uh, Scott and Brenda Wagner, uh, Kevin and Tracy Nordyke, uh, Ryan and Cheryl Wardell. I saw, uh, Cheryl's in Uganda again, so I don't even know where Ryan is. Um, Brent and Amy Wilson. Uh, Ryan and Laura Doucette, Jim and Jamie Haley, Pat and Jackie Edmonds, uh, Bruce and Donna Bauckham, uh, Andrew Hakeem, uh, Stephanie Ray, uh, and yeah, can we just give thanks um, for faithfulness and, and again, again, you can, you can have some, and I, I, miss, I miss some people, like, so I, I, I apologize. But every family needs pictures, right, of what faithfulness looks like. So if you've messed it up, don't be discouraged. There's grace and mercy for you today. Don't just keep going on in the old pattern because God can turn it around for you and your next few years and decades can be littered with faithfulness. Uh, but here's what I want us to do. I don't want us to think about them. I want you to think about one person. Right now, get in, your eye, get in your mind's eye one person who has spurred you on in your faith in Jesus. Now, maybe you have lots of 
examples of faithfulness. Could be a grandma, grandpa, whatever. But someone who pushed you in the way of Jesus has been faithfully living life. Do you have that person in your mind? Everybody? This matters because it's an exercise. Okay, I'm gonna ask you to take out your phone right now. Um, If it's not already out, you're allowed to text one person. I'm I'm asking you, please take out your phone, please. And uh, if if you don't have their phone number, uh, open your email, ignore the other emails, start a new one. If you don't have their phone number or email, just make a note, open your note, and write their name. Don't call them right now, that would be very weird. Um, But I'm gonna ask you to open up your phone and text them right now, and we're gonna put something up on the screen for you to text them. Uh, John, I was at church today, or whoever, and we talked how God wants to grow us in faithfulness, and it made me think about you. Thank you for, and just, Now, if you don't finish the text because it's going to be really long, that's totally cool. But I want to give you a moment literally as an act of faith and faithfulness to tell someone that they have have spurred you on and that you mean something to them. And what that will do is it will create in them a courage and a reminder that what they're doing matters. Uh, If you're staring at me, I know you're not done. I mean, I know you are done, so just keep looking down um, and finish that text, finish that email, uh, or make a note and do that phone call. And then we want to we wanna give thanks for these people who have spurred us on. All right, I'm going to assume most of you have gotten it done. If not, just keep typing for this last moment. Lord, we just thank you that your faithfulness could be seen. And God, we have, we have seen it in other people and we've seen it most clearly in the sending of your son, Jesus. Lord, we're flawed and all of us have turned our own way. Uh, but you've laid on your son, Jesus Christ, the sins of us all. So he's our advocate. And he's our faithful high priest and he's the one who can make us clean and right with you. So Jesus, while we're grateful for the people you've put in our lives, we're most grateful for you. And so we've come here today to worship you, to bow before you, to honor you, to listen to your voice so that we could follow you more clearly. Lord, thank you for these signs of faithfulness. And God, we ask you to produce that deeply and richly in us we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we've already started to respond in worship by giving honor to whom honor is due is what the Bible says, so we thank someone. We're in a moment gonna go to the table, gonna grab the bread and the cup, and we're going to thank God for the sending of his son, Jesus, and thank Jesus for the new life he gives in his death and resurrection. And um, I'm also gonna remind you, if you have followed in the way of Jesus, you've put your trust in him, but you've not yet been baptized in water, I'm gonna invite you, in light of the faithfulness of God, who even in the son Jesus was baptized as the first of many, that you would follow Jesus in his faithfulness and that you would be baptized this morning. So what we're gonna do is two things at the same time. 
If you're already a follower of Jesus, you've already been baptized, we're going to invite you to go to the tables in a moment, grab the bread and the cup, hold it together, and we'll take it, eat and drink together, and remember him. But if you've not yet been baptized since trusting Jesus, I'm going to ask you to forego the table and just come straight to the water, and we'd love to pray with you and get all the valuables out of your pocket and, and celebrate you in baptism. Does that make sense? Because God is faithful, we want to now live faithful in obedience. All right, stand to your feet and uh, the tables are open. If you're ready to be baptized, I would encourage you just to meet me right here at the waters and we'll celebrate that together and then we'll sing before we go.